Matthew Boyd will not be returning to Seattle, but his new contract with the Tigers might be good news for the Mariners. We'll talk about that more here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, December 1st, 2022. This is Titan and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. And on the show today, we'll be looking at the contract Matthew Boyd just reportedly signed with the Tigers and discuss how that might shape the rest of the pitching market moving forward. We'll also talk about a potential target out of the KBO the Mariners have reportedly checked in on and then Colby feels compelled to rant about people on Twitter again so stick around to the end if you want to hear that should be a good time but uh, before we get into all that Colby we are still running a giveaway we have surpassed the 5,000 subscriber mark thank you so much to all those that have subscribed this far but Colby there are still marks that we can reach before the end of the winter meetings for the rest of our tiers so remind the folks what those are First of all, I feel disrespected that you're pushing my little tirade to the end of the show. Um, I'm, I'm actually I'm giving you I'm giving you prime time. I'm giving you prime time. <clears throat> actually, you're not. I've seen I've seen the analytics, but anyways. Um, so we uh, <laughs> uh, the, the rant is, the rant is for the real ones anyway. The real ones that stay <laughs> till the end. Y'all know yes. who you are. Uh huh. Anyways, uh, so we've reached pretty much all the giveaway. Uh, plateaus that uh, i thought were somewhat realistic uh except for one uh the jared kelnick autograph card is still uh not been that that uh, plateau has not been reached yet uh we are at last count uh, about 200 or so away on twitter um from from reaching the 3000 mark which will activate that that uh that giveaway so right now you know we're, we've already surpassed the taylor dollar the taylor Trammell, and the cal raleigh uh, tears. Uh, Jared Kelnick is is sandwiched between Tremel and Raleigh, but we haven't reached that one yet. Um, I haven't looked at the la- the latest uh, subscriber count, uh, but I imagine it's going to be pretty darn difficult for you guys to get uh, get us past locked on Astros here in the next seven days. So mm. uh, that Mike Cameron card will be staying with me. Uh, thank you for your imp- for your uh, not empathy. Thank you for your laziness uh, and not mm. getting that done i will greatly enjoy keeping my mike cameron card uh knowing that none of you will have it especially ty because ty likes to think he's a mike cameron fan but in reality i'm the bigger mike cameron fan but wow. hey you know what he's gonna grab his little bat because yep. keith likes him more but whatever mm-hmm. yeah i'm just totally gonna, not I'm jealous just, yeah let's just totally remind the folks you know what, what, what does yeah. that say right there colby what does mm. that say mm. it says that keith it, likes you better mm-hmm. exactly Exactly. Yeah, and whatever. there's probably a reason for that. Maybe, you know, you should, uh, whatever. Take a moment to look. Inward, I am who I know. am. Nobody's going to Think about me. why that's the case, you know, rather than just pointing fingers, because blaming you kiss Keith. Butt and I don't. Mm. Well, I tell I'm like sure, it is, I'm sure you know. that I'm sure I'm sure that will become very relevant here <laughs> in the next, I don't know, 20 or so minutes. But before we get to that part of the show, uh, Colby, there was a very surprising move that was made this morning, uh, that was reportedly made this morning, John Heyman. Congrats, John. You were finally first on something. Oh, my God. John Heyman reports that the uh, the Tigers have come to an agreement with Matthew Boyd 
former Tigers pitcher, former Giants pitcher, former Mariners pitcher most recently, on a one-year $10 million plus dollar deal. Now, this is for a guy that's coming off of a pretty major injury, has only thrown a handful of innings out of the bullpen since said injury uh, for the Mariners, and looked pretty good. You know, he looked fine. He wasn't like great by any stretch of the imagination he wasn't bad he was just kind of you know he was fine he, he did what he needed to do uh but 10 plus million dollars for that is pretty wild and after seeing what mike clevenger got from the white Sox, 12 million dollars for one year uh it's this pitching market especially the secondary and tertiary levels of it are starting to shape up pretty favorably for the mariners and possibly their hopes of trading Marco Gonzalez and or Chris Flexen, right? Mm-hmm. Sure seems that way. I mean, Boyd's only thrown, I think, 14 innings this last year, uh, all in relief. Uh, and the Tigers gave him, you know, number four starter money, uh, essentially. Uh, it is $2 million more than Chris Flexen is going to make. It is uh, $3.5 million more than Marco is going to make this year. Uh, Marco does have that $12 million hit next year, which, you know, still makes it difficult to move. But yeah, you kind of look at what the, you know, what the market's going for right now. Anderson gets 13 AAV uh, off of one pretty good year. Um, You know, Clevenger was okay last year. He gets 12. And you look at, uh, obviously, today, Boyd, who barely pitched last year, he gets 10. Uh, Flexing that eight is a better bargain than all of those, uh, all of those arms. Uh, I guess you can, say Anderson's better, but really you're going off of one year, which that's, I mean, okay, go for it, but you're never going to see that Tyler Anderson. Statistically, Tyler Anderson was helped out by his defense more than any other pitcher in Major League Baseball as well. We should mention that. So Right. I would say at worst, Flexen is in the same tier as those arms, maybe less upside than somebody like Clevenger, but statistically speaking, just as good at run prevention, which is the whole name of the game. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think the, the mayor is probably going to have to wait a little bit, let the market play itself out a little bit more, but there's more, there's more need than there is supply. So eventually the Mariners will find somebody to take flex and that I, I really don't have any doubt on. Uh, Marco is a little bit trickier because of the second year of the $12 million. Um, but you know, based on the early return of what pitching is going for in the free agent market, um, yeah, I'm, I'm confident. I'm feeling more confident that they can get something that's not just a, a salary dump type of deal for for both of those arms. So uh, probably nothing significant, but they're not just going to, you know, here's Marco for Jake Shiner. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's not going to be like that. So on the flip side of this, does this now make you more concerned about the Mariners ability to land a starting pitcher if they do trade Flexen or Marco and if so, does that make you more willing or open to the possibility of keeping at least one of those guys and just rolling with them as the number five to start the year? I, I think the, I don't want to say the plan, but I think the the way things shape up right now is that the Mariners will not trade both until they have a starter, like a, a legitimate starter. They're not going to just roll into, you know, the spring training with Matt Brash as the leader to be the number five. They're not going to do that. They're going to make a trade or they're going to, uh, sign somebody in free agency. Uh, I don't think this is the type of market the Mariners were going to sniff around anyways. These are mostly fives uh, in in the Mariners rotation. I think if they are going to spend money on pitching or or trade assets, I should say as well, 
Uh, I think it's going to be for somebody they believe can can pitch in the top half of their rotation. Um, so that would be you know somebody who's better than than Gilbert and, and Robbie Ray probably, or at least has the potential to be. So uh, I think the plan is they move one of one of the arms they have right now, and then they uh, they kind of they they know where the pitching market is about, and uh, they go from there. But uh, I, I I can't imagine they they trade both unless they sign a starter and they have them in their back pocket before they make those deals. So stop me if you've heard heard this before. The Mariners have been linked to a free agent. This one, a little more non-traditional. This guy is coming from the KBO. We're going to be talking about him in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. So coming from Twitter yesterday was an interesting uh, report from a uh, reporter in uh, Houston. He's on one of the uh, he's on one of the Houston uh, television networks there. I'm trying to get the uh, the tweet up here, but it links the Mariners to a KBO pitcher named Eric Yokish. It's spelled J-O-K-I-S-C-H. He is a former Cubs pitcher. He's a left-handed pitcher who recently uh, has spent the last four seasons in the KBO uh, with the Kiwoom Heroes and has... Uh, more or less dominated down in Korea to uh, to the tune of a 2.72 ERA over 117 starts. Uh, yeah, Ari Alexander from KRP or so sorry KPRC two in Houston uh, is reporting this uh, and says that the Astros uh, or sorry the the Mariners, Angels, and Marlins rather have interest in Yokish, uh, who's a bit on the older side. I believe he's 33 years old. Yeah, 33 years old, and again, uh, really has dominated over the last four years down in Korea. What else do you got for me on uh, Yokish, Colby? Well, we might have some really interesting news, by the way, coming out about the 2023 draft. It's a little unclear. We'll get to it in a minute. Uh, Yokish, from what my understanding is, there's very limited video on him, so you're kind of doing box score scouting type of things, but based on what I've been able to find, uh, pretty good slider. The changeup took a step forward in 2022. It's a sinker slider profile. He's a lefty. He doesn't walk anybody. That's evident by his numbers. Doesn't really miss a lot of bats, which, you know, yeah. He's a very pitchability lefty type of guy. Uh, my understanding is that he's probably more of a guy who you you give one and like $2 million to. He's he's not even Chris Flexen. He's, um, he's just a guy that you're kind of, yeah, back end of the roster, maybe we can get a little more out of him type of guy. He's a, he's a fringe 40-man guy is, is my understanding, uh, but there are enough uh, there are enough teams interested in him because of the slider, which is pretty good pitch, and because he throws a ton of strikes um, and he's left-handed, uh, that he's probably going to get a major league deal. So I, I wouldn't you know freak out about this move it, like it's, if, it, if it does happen with Seattle. He's probably a guy they throw into the, the fifth starter 
um, competition and then see what happens uh, from there. So, uh, yeah, there, there's not a ton here. This isn't like, you know, Yoshida or or, uh, mm-hmm. or Senga. It's not like that high of a profile, but it is an interesting arm. Um, again, slider, throw strikes. I mean, the, those two things alone probably pique the Mariners' interest. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But, yeah, it, it, it's this isn't like – like a mid rotation starter at the big league level. He's 32, 33 years old, even 33. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He's just kind of a guy like this isn't even as Mm. as exciting as like Chris Flexen was a few years ago, but yeah, at most it's an interesting flyer to take. And you know, maybe he's someone that, that helps out of the bullpen might fit what the Mariners are looking for. Yeah. Uh, all right. So some other news revolving around the Mariners that came out today, the Mariners have been named the organization of the year for 2022 by Baseball America. Great achievement for this team, which, of course, ended a 20-year playoff drought. Uh, had the rookie of the year, and Julio Rodriguez was able to uh, add uh, quite a bit of talent uh, with Luis Castillo, thanks to a, a budding farm system. Thanks in part to a budding farm system, at least, and that does play and you know this does play a part into uh you know how the how baseball america decides on this award as well um you know all those things come together everything that makes an organization great uh is taken into account here for this award and uh, the mariners were of course named the best organization of 2022 so what's your uh, reaction if any uh to the mariners uh winning this achievement it's almost like the baseball ops people are incredibly good at their job and they should just be allowed to do their job. Fun, you know, funny things happen when you just let the baseball people do the baseball stuff and, and they're pretty good at it. Baseball America is an independent organization. They don't, you know, they're not paid by the Mariners to say they're the best or anything like that. Um, and yeah, you know, do I think the Mariners are the best run organization in, in major league baseball? No. Um, are they in the top? five to 10, they're certainly getting there. They're not already there. So yeah, just a recognition. And it's not hard to look at what, you know, that organization did. They, they're one of, I think five teams to win 90 games in the last two years and each of the last two years. Um, you know, they obviously the rookie of the year, they, the sixth place rookie of the year, Cal Raleigh would have been, you know, top five rookie of the year candidate as well. Uh, they drafted, they developed very well. they made big trades they went out and they got a eugenio suarez and they got luis castillo and they got jesse winker and you know it's just it's a well-run baseball organization there's just no denying that so not all that surprised i thought maybe they'd give it to the astros since you know they won the world series and they're also a very well-run uh baseball ops organization Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's well earned and and it's cool i mean there's no like real value to it it's just the opinion of baseball america but it's cool so Mm -hmm. uh, yeah I, i would just kind of leave it at that yeah, and I mean it's you know something that's big enough for the uh, organization itself to acknowledge it as well, right? They they sent out a press release and did a you know tweet and all that stuff. So um, yeah, congratulations to the Mariners on that. It was a fantastic year for them, and uh, you know it really showed you know what some of the hard work they put in over the last few years has uh, has done and has been able to accomplish. Um, all right, so. Before I give you the floor, because you, I'm gonna do exactly what you asked me last night to just sit there and stay out of your way. So I, I will, but I just want to acknowledge, you know, some of the comments that Jerry Depoto made today on Seven Ten Seattle Sports because I know uh, we're gonna get asked about fast. it. Oh Hold right, on. we have we have news. Right, let's let's get into that first before I go on my it, spiel. 
So this is very, uh, first of all, uh, the hunching tigers are going to post, uh, Shintaro Fujinami, pretty interesting arm, probably a reliever, but another interesting, uh, you know, Japanese league, uh, pitcher to, to keep mm-hmm. in mind. I haven't seen anybody linked to him yet, but they are posting him and he is an arm that will be pitching in the major leagues. I would assume, um, pretty soon. So there's that also, uh, major league baseball announced the, uh, the competitive, uh, like the competitive balance picks. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, they put the Mariners as getting a comp- competitive balance A pick. Now there's some, um, they they did not specify in the press release if this was the Julio pick. It seems like it should be the Julio pick because it is the number one pick in the competitive balance round A pick, uh, competitive balance round A, but they have not specified that. So there is a small possibility, I suppose, that, um, the Mariners might actually get another competitive balance round a pick um, in addition to the first round pick they have and the one they won from Julio. Oh my God. It's possible. Again, yeah. I would say there's a 99% chance that that is the Julio pick and they just didn't specify that in the press release. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it seems like too big of a coincidence because then in theory, the Mariners would have picks 21, 29 and 30. That just doesn't seem like it's right, but it's out there again. There's been, there was no clarification on whether that was the competitive or whether that was the draft pick earned because Julio won rookie of the year, or that is another draft pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would assume that that's the Julio pick, but just something to keep in mind here. I'm sure it will be clarified here in the next few minutes, but, it, it it did you know it was interesting that you open up that document and it says Mariners competitive balance round A pick number one and you're like hmm, hmm. well yeah without so, a mention of Julio so that's the thing right is like I'm pretty sure the pick is just a competitive balance round A pick yeah. but they also call it something different right they call it what is it the the PIP or something like that call it something like that some some acronym um so performance initiative something yeah it's yeah it's yeah it's something like that so i don't know it's that's interesting something to keep an eye on all right so let me uh let me get back to where i was here though uh so the comments that jerry depoto made uh today this is a prime example of jerry depoto being way too open and talking way too much (laughs) this is the one issue that i do have with jerry is that he just says way too much especially because he today got into like baseball theory when it comes to building a roster and and sustaining you know maintaining a um a healthy you know product for years and years like a, a decade plus that's kind of what he was talking about in terms of I'm sure you guys have all seen the crest quote from today from 710 ESPN Seattle where he said that uh, the the Mariners expect to hit their crest in 2026. A lot of people have taken that as, oh, they're moving the goalposts in terms of what their actual contention window is. He's more so talking about that's when the money will kick in for Julio's contract, and that's when Ty France's contract uh, is expiring. Hey, Eugenio Suarez's contract is expiring. Cal Raleigh, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, their contracts are going to be nearing expiration as well. So you're going to have to handle that down the road. And that's why he was saying that, you know, sometimes we do prefer, prefer shorter-term deals because of what is down the road. So he is saying that. Nevertheless, 
he shouldn't he shouldn't be getting into all that. He shouldn't have said the words 2026. He shouldn't have said any of that because look, most people don't care about that stuff. Most baseball fans just don't care about hearing about four years down the road, five years down the road. They don't care about baseball theory. They don't care about what it takes to, to build an organization, to build a major league uh, product and, and sustain that over the course of a, a decade or more. So my advice to Jerry Depoto is just to stop with that because he's going to get himself into more trouble than he's not, especially with this fan base that is craving desperately craving a world series contender and is desperately craving the opportunity to close the gap between the mariners and the astros and i do think that today's comments further prove that it, it they're likely not going to get one of the big shortstops which i don't think you know damns their whole offseason i still think that they can have a really really good offseason and you're going to talk about this more colby uh without landing one of the big uh, shortstops uh but yeah, overall, Jerry should just, as simple as it is, Jerry should probably just stop talking as much as he is. Yeah, Jerry's only crime is that he assumes that <clears throat> Mariner fans care about how a baseball team is built. They don't. They don't. But anyways, time for my time for my thing, okay? Mm -hmm. There is an epidemic of stupid people pretending they understand baseball and then commenting about it on Mariners Twitter. It's an epidemic. And some of these people have big platforms. Why? Because they write for, they wrote for websites decade ago. Ooh, great. Fantastic. The general consensus among the stupid people among the inflicted is that the Seattle Mariners are cheap because they will not spend money. Uh, right now their latest target is they won't spend money on a free agent bat uh, you know, never mind the fact that they just added a $14 million player via trade. Uh, apparently, trades don't count. You have to acquire players through free agency. Jerry Depoto has acquired bats such as Mitch Haniger, A. Eugenio Suarez. He's acquired um, Jesse Winker. He's acquired Adam Frazier. He's acquired Carlos Santana. He's acquired Ty France. He's acquired all these players via trade. That's not good enough. Apparently, that's not good enough. Uh, because the only way you can get better is to spend money. That's all that matters. End of the year payroll is all that matters. The stupid have forgotten that Major League Baseball is actually pretty simple. The most important thing in Major League Baseball is to score more runs than you allow. That is the end of the game. So, Ty, here we go. Let's run down this list real fast. Mm. Here are the 12 best run differential teams in all of baseball last year. Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, Atlanta, uh, the Mets, the Cardinals, the Blue Jays, the Mariners, the Guardians, the Phillies, Tampa Bay, and San Diego. Here are the 12 playoff teams from last year. The Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros, the Braves, the Mets, the Cardinals, the Blue Jays, the Mariners, the Guardians, the Phillies, Tampa Bay, and San Diego. Is there a correlation there, people? Of course there is. You do not buy players in the offseason. You buy wins. You buy wins by buying runs, either preventing them or scoring them. The Mariners have already improved their ability to score runs. It is December 1st. Opening day is three full months away. What are we talking about? Actually, it's closer to four. The Mariners have already improved their ability to score runs. They've also already improved their ability to prevent runs. 
Yes, Teoscar Hernandez is a better defender than Mitch Haniger. Who knew? The Mariners have acquired a player who helps them in the two most important areas in all of baseball over what they had last year. Now they're being linked to other players who will help them score more runs and take more runs off the board, and it's not good enough for you. Why? Because they're only making $10 million this year instead of twenty-five. Who cares? It does not matter. The infliction of stupidity among, let's say, the vocal majority of Mariners' Twitter is reached epidemic proportions where even reasonable people, even people who understand long-term building, team building, are jumping on the ship. Why? Because they don't want to be accused of being a bootlicker. I don't care. I don't. I believe in Jerry's plan. And I believe that when Jerry says, hey, you know what? We have to think about this long-term. We can't just throw money after money after money on this roster. We have to think about this four or five years in advance. That is amazing because you know who didn't do that? The 2016 through 2018 Seattle Mariners. Put all the money on it right now, and anything that happens afterwards, we don't care because we want the instant gratification. We want the love that comes from signing Robinson Cano to a deal $70 million more than anybody else in baseball was willing to spend. And we're going to go get Nelson Cruz, and we're going to call it an offseason. We have our core. How'd that work out for you? It didn't. You failed epically. Jerry Depoto just wrapped up his fourth year in a rebuild. One of them, by the way, was only 60 games long. Shh, don't tell the DePoto haters. He's basically had three and a half years. And in those three and a half years, he has rebuilt the farm system to a place where it has already acquired him. Luis Castillo, Jesse Winker, A. Eugenio Suarez, just in the last year. He has developed Julio Rodriguez. He's developed uh, Cal Raleigh. He's developed Logan Gilbert. He's developed George Kirby. He's acquired from other teams, Ty France. He's acquired Matt Brash. He's acquired Andres Munoz. And we're sitting here complaining that he hasn't signed a free agent bat in five years. Which one do you want? You want Chris Bryant, who hit like a buck 60 last year? You want Trevor Story, who put up a 100 WRC plus? Really? You're going to complain that he only spent $14 million on Teoscar Hernandez. You're going to complain that he got Julio Rodriguez to sign the biggest contract in baseball history, that he went out and he got Luis Castillo. He outbid the Yankees for Luis Castillo and then paid him. And you have the nerve to complain that he's sitting here going like, "Hmm, you know what? Sure would be nice if we could keep Cal Raleigh and Logan Gilbert and George Kirby long-term. So maybe don't overpay Trey Turner by $20 million. And I might be able to extend them a year early, or I might be able to get them for another year beyond what I think I could. It is beyond stupid that Mariner fans listen to these people who have no business talking about baseball and have no agenda other than to try and make the Mariners look bad. And here's the thing. Those those people don't have to try that hard. It's not that hard to make the Mariners look bad. It's not, but you can't do it by attacking their baseball acumen because as Baseball America has already said, this is the best run organization in baseball. And it's been building that way for a while. Teams want what the Mariners have. Okay. Teams want to build like the Mariners do. And before you sit here and you say, well, they should just go spend more money and that'll make everything go away. Point to the big deal the Atlanta Braves have signed. What big free agent 
did the Atlanta Braves go out and get that made them arguably the best team in the National League? Which one? I'll wait. Matt Olson was a trade by Charlie the way. Morton. Just for those that are What's that? I was just saying for those that are gonna say Matt Olson, Matt Olson was a trade. Trade. Yeah. Charlie Morton. That's the one. And Charlie Morton gets one and two year deals at twenty million a pop. That's not a big free agent contract. It's not. What do the Atlanta Braves do? They draft, they develop, they sign their own, and they go out in free agency and they use free agency not as something to put them over the top. No, they use it to build. They use it to complete the roster. The Mariners have acquired, last year the Mariners broke the, broke a playoff drought, right? The 21-year playoff drought. Every single player on that roster acquired by Jerry DePoto. Do you care if he did it via trade or free agency? Was that running through your mind when Adam Frazier hit the double down the line in Toronto? Oh, man, if only they had signed Adam Frazier in free agency, that would have been even sweeter. Get out of here. If you're in the business of trying to make the Mariners um, into something they're not, it's it's shameful. It's just it's shameful. It, it is. There's no There's no place for it. The Seattle Mariners have a lot of warts, and their ownership group has a lot of warts. Nobody's denying that. Nobody's sitting here saying, I don't want Carlos Correa on this team. Nobody's sitting here saying, I don't want the team to sign Xander Bogarts. You're creating straw men to try and push this narrative that you've created because you have something to sell. It's really that simple. The Seattle Mariners are a well-run baseball organization. They deserve time. It is December 1st, for crying out loud. They deserve the entire offseason to see what they have, yep. to see what they can get done. They deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the draft. They deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to player acquisition. They have earned that. And for you not to even give them a month in the offseason before you've decided that they're trash after they just broke a 21-year playoff drought, you should be embarrassed. And Mariner fans should shun you forever. Stop listening to those people. Mm. They're not interested in the truth. They're interested in their narrative, and that's it. Yeah, I'm just tired of the overreactions to rumors and GM speak mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And yeah, again, I'm going to go back to what I said that you know Jerry Depoto is not doing himself any favors with the stuff that he says on the radio either. Um, now, is that necessarily his fault? No, because he's just speaking in the way that he knows how, which is you know he's speaking as a general manager, and he's a little too open for most baseball fans' tastes and for most baseball fans is you know knowledge really of the game and their interest level in the game as well but uh you know i do think that he would be better served just to not do this right to not do this as much as he does to to not talk about future payroll as much as he does and all that stuff because it's just it's not gonna go over well you know only a certain audience is going to get what he's saying i mean hell even you know more duly of 710 Seattle Sports, when she tweeted out that quote about the crest and all that stuff, like she had to clarify afterwards, like, yeah, no, he's talking about payroll. He's talking about he's talking about Julio, you know, money kicking in, uh, starting to kick in. He's talking about Raleigh and, and Kirby and all these guys that they're going to have to sign and therefore payroll is going to naturally kick up quite a bit, especially when you're talking about players at premium positions. So you're talking about, you know, you're talking about two starting pitchers here, a catcher, um, if those guys, you know, continue to go on the rise that they are, 
like George Kirby might cost 30 plus million dollars. Logan Gilbert might cost 25 plus million dollars. Cal Raleigh might cost 25 plus million. 20 million. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that is going to add up. That is going to be very, very expensive. And so you don't want to get to a point. I know a lot of people are going to say, I don't care what happens in 2026. I want to win a World Series in 2023 and 2024. So do I. Right. So does Colby. But at the end of the day, you are going to be upset in 2026 if they don't win those World Series, and even if they do, and then they say, and they come to you, and they go on the radio and say, well, we can't afford Cal Raleigh. We can't afford George Kirby. We can't afford Logan Gilbert. Time to rebuild. Exactly. So it hurts now. It hurts to hear now. It hurts to hear and come to the reality that, yeah, they're probably not going to sign Trey Turner or Carlos Correa or Xander Bogarts or Dansby Swanson which sucks. I would love for them to sign one of those guys. Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome. But they're probably not going to. The thing though is they can still build probably never were. They can still build a really 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 good team that can compete with the Astros and build upon that mid-season at the trade deadline to a point where maybe they can get themselves past the Astros without signing one of those guys. Cuz they can still go out like look you know, yeah, they've been linked to Colton Wong and Glaber Torres, but they've also been linked to Brandon Lau, who we talked about, like, when he's healthy, he's one of the best second baseman, second baseman in all of baseball. <laughs> he's a top three, top five second baseman when he's healthy. Like, he was a five-win player back in 2021. He's only making $4 million this year, right? Mm-hmm. Again, it's about adding wins. It's not about adding money. You don't get a trophy for spending the most money. Just ask the Mets. Just ask the Dodgers this past year. Mm-hmm. It's about winning the damn thing at the end of the day. And there are many different ways to get there, right? There's no one specific way to eventually get there. And so I'll end on this. The Mariners so far, while it, it sucks that they're not willing to go out and get the big free agent, it would be great if they did, but they're not going to. Aside from that, they have really done everything right. They've done everything that you would want them to do in a rebuild. They've been able to turn this thing around a lot quicker than most rebuilds go. Most rebuilds don't even sniff the places that the Mariners have gone to over the last couple of years. Back-to-back 91 seasons, they end the drought this year, and they didn't do it in some Mickey Mouse fashion either. It's not because they took advantage of the added wildcard spot, right? It's mm-hmm. not because of that. And they got into the playoffs, and they did damage too. And they played the Astros really close. And we talked about it. It was like only like four or so innings that they didn't have the lead in that game or in that series, right? Like it was something crazy like that, that they were either tied or had the lead for most of that series. It's just they weren't able to finish it because they need to get better. And so far this offseason, they have gotten better, like Colby said. Teoscar Hernandez is a sensational addition who's going to be fantastic for this team. And, yeah, comes with a pretty hefty price tag at $14.3 million. That's what he's projected to have and uh, to earn in arbitration this year. So, you know, they are spending a little bit of money so far. They have done that. And I do think that they're going to continue to spend some money. I just don't think that they're willing to go six, seven, eight years on a guy who's going to make 25 to $30 million and therefore make things harder on them to lock down a Logan Gilbert, a George Kirby, a Cal Raleigh, because not all these guys are going to sign for the deal that Julio did, right? Julio, you know, while he's getting paid, right, he's getting his bag, he's also taking the security, whereas if he hit the open market, he'd probably make a lot more than he's going to end up making on this contract. 
But not every contract is going to be like that. You're not going to pay for one of the best baseball players in the world $18 million. That's just not going to happen every single time. You're going to have to come to the table with some real big boy money for guys like George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, Cal Raleigh, Ty France, etc. You're going to have to at some point. So that's ultimately what they're talking about here or what Jerry is talking about specifically today that it's his job. That's his job at the end of the day is to project five years down the road. Mm-hmm. And for us as fans, yeah, we want the immediate gratification. Who doesn't, right? You're not a baseball fan if you don't want the immediate gratification. <laughs> like, that would be amazing, right? We'd be through the through the roof if the Mariners, you know, it turned out they signed Carlos Correa later tonight. It'd be amazing. But they're probably not going to, right? And so, but they can still build a great baseball team at the end of the day. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you have anything else to add. Yeah. All right. Um, so real fast, this is just uh, to kind of go back off of something we talked about in the last segment. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we'll wrap. We're running long. Uh, initially, Joe Doyle had responded to a tweet. And Joe is like a draft guy. So typically when he says it, it's right. He had responded yeah. to a tweet and he had said that the Mariners, the the 29th pick or whatever, that is the Julio pick. He has since tweeted, and I'm just going to read it here, uh, quote, I'm digging into this a bit, and but I'm not entirely sure this pick is the Julio compensatory pick. Seattle's in the lottery for competitive balance picks every year. It's possible their ping pong ball was drawn and they'll end up with the 22nd, 29th, and 30th pick in this year's draft. <laughs> wow. It's okay. too bad this team can't run it. I mean, man, if only just think if they were good at baseball ops. Like, oh my god, woo, that would be something. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Again, I, I'm hoping Major League Baseball clarifies that. Uh, hopefully by tomorrow, so we we can tell you guys, or you guys can, you no. know, obviously yeah. see it. Yeah, before yeah. we do. But uh, yeah, I would say that would certainly change things. Yeah, if that the, would uh, that, that would change things. Mariners... That's more bonus pool money. That makes yeah. the first round of that draft really, really fun. It's like <laughs> um, another two and a half million dollars in bonus pool money. That would make things very interesting and a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, so we'll that see. Would oh turn, snap! Oh, oh, Joe Doyle just tweeted thirty seconds ago. I'm waiting on confirmation here, but it does sound like Seattle will end up with the 22nd, 29th, wow. and 30th pick. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wait for confirmation, but Joe, like, he's not making this up. He's hearing this from somebody. Yeah. So I trust Joe, minus when he talks about Dylan Moore. But other than that, I trust <laughs> Joe a lot. So uh, it maybe tomorrow, we uh, tomorrow, I'm assuming by tomorrow's show, we will be able to confirm or we'll just tweet it out at that point. But right. Yeah, guys, the Mariners probably just have in their first three picks, they're going to have roughly $8 million to spend mm. in the, on the draft just in the first three picks. Yeah. And <laughs> this also gives you more reason to go after a qualifying offer guy. Just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just saying. So, yeah. And also none of those picks can be taken away from you. Correct. Right. So. Uh, no, because they're a competitive balance. Yeah, it would be your third yeah. highest native pick, which for the Mariners would still be their third round pick. Oh, also important, I should note. Mm-hmm. And again, I know we're running long. So last thing, Ty, get ready. After yeah. I finish this sentence, you wrap this episode. All right, I will. I will. Competitive balance round picks are tradable. And it is assumed mm. that the bonus pick for rookie of the year is also tradable. Hmm. Mariners might have two first round picks that they Chills. can throw around in trade talks. Chills. 
right. Well, I'm going to go look a boot after this, uh, but that's going to do our <laughs> do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked on Mary's. Yeah, right. That's that's correct. Silly me. I'm the Canadian half of this. Uh, yeah, I'm the Canadian half of this uh, show as well. So, you know, look at me. Uh, I'm not doing my uh, my part. For Colby Patnoad, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Marius Jesus. Uh, you can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow for Fan Fiction Friday. Peace.